Welcome to the Best Work Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Henley-Smith. The goal of this show is to uncover the personal stories of successful software engineers, founders, thinkers and leaders who are all navigating their own working journey. Finding our best work is often a hidden journey, uncovered through an ongoing conversation with ourselves and the world around us. Every one of these episodes is packed, full of timeless ideas you could apply to your own life. In this conversation, I speak to Albara Hakamai, VP of Payments and founding team member at Corpay One. Albara has always been driven by an intense curiosity, which has led him to living a digital nomadic lifestyle and founding companies in multiple industries. As a result, he approaches work with a unique perspective. He talks to me about the way in which focusing on topics he's passionate about helps him to grow professionally and personally, and the way in which he uses his principles to guide and tame his inner child. We discuss how to balance making big decisions with clarity whilst receiving the input of others, and why learning is one of the most important principles that Albara considers when making the final call. We also discuss the extrinsic and intrinsic motivations that have guided his unique journey, as well as how our environments work to shape these motivations into habits. Why is it that you've never started two companies in the same industry before? It's a good question. Um, I definitely like to go deep uh, on things. So that doesn't really align with that thought that I have. But um, fresh out of college, I just, you know, just like almost everyone, kind of like fresh out of the womb, not knowing what to do, what what I wanted, but I did know that I wanted to do my own thing. That's why like, I started two things at the same time. One is just like a cooking focused app for chefs. Um, and then another one is emotional intelligence uh, kind of platform, which is like kind of wildly different, but I had the time um, and I was able to like, kind of like explore more. So I guess in the beginning, I wanted to explore more. Um, I ended up moving to San Francisco and focusing only the emotional intelligence app. Um, that was like, you know, we had different tools, et cetera. Uh, four years later, like I, I still loved, you know, the people that I worked with and everything, but I just didn't feel like it's it's something I want to pursue like going forward, but I definitely like the, the AI part of it. So that's where um, one of my mentors, um, like, you know, introduced me to, to like, you know, my, my co-founders in that next company. They were building like an automation um, SMB platform for uh, bill pay and, and finances. So in a way it was kind of similar, but it was different industry. So it was you know, about AI and, and then how to use AI, applied AI. Um, and that was great, you know, that helped me go deeper into AI, but definitely coming from a different background of emotional intelligence, uh, social media, um, it was also that kind of, like a tricky transition, but also very interesting. Um, one of my favorite things in world is, is having a challenge. And that was kind of like a good challenge, but also 
and being able to use the tools that I had before to, to go deeper. Almost sounds like you're taking a step into the arena and then you're seeing where the land lies and you're picking up the, I guess, the things that you, that you kind of gravitate towards almost. It, it, it's like, it sounds like a kind of, if I imagine it in my head as like X kind of dots that you're moving towards. And then once you reach it, there's still a connection to the next one, but it, it almost just moves on from it. That's precisely it. Well, very well said. Um, I really think that everyone can be amazing at things that they love. And if you just kind of like stick to like find the things that kind of like make you like wake up in the morning, like make you happy doing, like you lose time doing them. Um, it's something you should generally like pursue more. And basically that's what his gravitation that you mentioned is for me at least. Mm. Is there any relationship to your the way that you've moved locations too? Because I mean, you grew up in Saudi, then you're in Austria, San Francisco, then you're in Austin, now you're in, now you're a nomad, and you've also moved industries. What's the relationship there? Um, I love change. I think honestly, as as cliche it sounds like, like I, I believe in that saying is like change is the only constant in life, and being comfortable with change. It's honestly like something that I, I believe everyone should try to and, and do. Uh, life is long and uh, things will keep changing. Um, once you start refusing change is, I think when, this is when you're like, you know, you, you kind of like stopped growing because with growth, change comes. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very open to change and um, I have very high risk tolerance. That's a personal thing. Um, I'm always thinking like, what's the worst that could happen? And the answer is like, oh, nothing. So, I just didn't mind it. I'm kind of like pursuing what I what I think is is best for me at this time and place. I did stay in San Francisco for eight nine years, so that was like you know, like most of my twenties spent there. So after a while, especially with the pandemic, um, everyone going to also like digital nomad, and it just made sense to start doing that. What are you motivated by? <laughs> Good question. <clears throat> I don't think it's one thing. Um, it's multiple things, but I think for me, it's like basically like motivated by doing what I like to do or like what I want to do. So if this feels like it's right to me, I really want to do it. And that kind of just brings motivation to me. I know that sometimes that's not the best kind of equation to like, you know, grow. Sometimes you have to do things that you don't like to do. But if I look at the bigger picture, is this something that I'm going to be happy about in like 20 40, 60 years. Did I do that? Did I not do that? Is the thing basically that makes me or keeps me, keeps me motivated and kind of pushes me to like, you know, change a bad day into a good day. If I had to do like, you know, like groundwork for like you know, a week that I don't like to do, I just look at the bigger picture, be happy about it and continue doing it. I know it's just like, you know, so stuff that you have to deal with. Why do you think that that change and that ability to follow your curiosity, that low risk tolerance, like where does that come from? And has it changed at different points in your life? Like, have you always been this way or has there, was there a moment where you became more that way or, or, or less that way? 
It's a great question. Um, so I think for me, and I don't think it's um, it's a unique case, or I don't think it's the only case, but I've always had it. I think it's the way that I was brought up. Um, it's like the way I, I see it is like, yeah, once since I was a kid, I was curious in like electronics, and then I was playing with this stuff. And I always had this. Um, I also like had going between like a younger and older brothers. Like it's it's just always uh, uh, it's always interesting to have like a, this kind of competition like with, with full of love and just like trying to all do stuff together. So I think it was just like I was lucky to have that kind of upbringing that kind of motivated me to do this. Um, however, I, I do see or I do have a lot of friends who kind of did not have that in, in their upbringing, but they captured whether captured it during college or like the first career, uh, and they became definitely more and more curious. So I think it's just a skill that you you capture at some point in your life. Um, and if you like it, you just stick with it. Um, it seems like there's this contradiction in some ways between change and compound interest, where both provide the almost some of the, the most in, incredible parts of life, but they come from the from different ends that seem to contradict. It's like on the one hand, your curiosity and the amount of change that you can go through is so it's like one of the wonders of life like you can you can experience so many different things and we are as individuals all like we're not one person we don't have one necessarily one identity we're kind of we are so many different things we could all pursue so many different jobs so kind of limiting ourselves to one thing and following our curiosity and and our playfulness is like one of the, the kind of wonders of life but on the other hand we then have this it's really clear that compound interest and in investing in things over a longer period of time going through the difficulties we have a trough of sorrow that we all go through in order to achieve success it never happens overnight and there's a huge benefit seeing things out over the long run just being a cockroach and never giving up it's like how do we marry those two together yeah that's such an amazing question and i'm i gotta be honest i really don't have the answer for it because i think it's it's all about balance. Like, and everyone has their own balance and their different circumstances in life. Um, and basically it's, it comes down to commitment and how much you want to commit to this thing and how much you don't want to commit to this thing. But I believe that once you, once you stop learning, it's time for a change. It's, it's, it's one thing to know when to start, but it's, it's the hardest skill. I think it's, it's knowing when to stop. Um, but I honestly believe it's it's just about balance. Um, like my, my friend Yusuf, I, I listened to his podcast here actually, and it's he mentioned that um, yeah, it's uh, it's basically like looking at your past year and what it, what you have learned, what you have not learned, and kind of evaluating uh, this and that. And I think I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I do it um, from time to time, like every quarter, every year, with different overlooks, and um, I think it definitely helps out a lot to see like, hey, am I growing in the areas that I want to grow? Am I doing the right things? Uh, define the principles that I have and am I still sticking to them? Um, this is really helpful. When you built Feel It, I mean, you were building Feel It from 2013 to 2018. So it was like a really decent period of time. And it must have been quite the decision to no longer be a part of that and do, and do something different, especially when it's a company that you've started yourself. How did that decision-making process come about? Like what was, what happened? And 
I guess I'm really interested to know a what happened and b how did you make that decision? What process did you go through? For sure, yeah, it's it's definitely like one of the toughest decisions that I had to make. Um, you know, having friends that I called family, uh, we moved continents together, like from Saudi Arabia all the way to, to San Francisco. Um, you know, working together, living together, uh, so you grow like basically like a family together. Um, and kind of like, you know, it, it, the time came where I'm like questioning whether or not this is, you know, is this something that is like, I want to continue doing, or is this something I'm just doing because I already committed to it, or is this something I'm going in, et cetera. Um, it helped to talk to a lot of people. So like finding people who have gone through this journey and they, they, they had different outcomes, whether they stuck or they left, um, definitely helped a lot. And uh, kind of like that's that's how we see life, and it's like through reflection of other people. And um, I'm definitely happy where where things are at right now in my life, and where things are at with with my friends who, who like you know worked on that project. So overall, it's just mainly like just talking to people and being more open about it, and have finding people who are like you know who've gone through the same experiences. How did you, in that process of talking to other people, make sure that they're voice didn't internalize too much i think this is a, such a challenge for so many people that we we seek out advice and we should but if we begin to internalize completely internalize the advice of others then we i guess we lose the ability to make original decision making um which is so important if we need to follow our own inclinations how did you strike the balance when you were talking to those people around you to make sure that you both took in the information that you needed, but also made the decision with clarity on your own accord? That's an amazing question. Um, it definitely took iterations. So some, some people, I asked them for a round two of conversation um, and, and, and talking to everyone. It was like a three to hour, four hour kind of like hangout and throughout like a, a whole afternoon. Um, so asking more people questions makes me realize that I should have asked this question to that person and like give me, gives me more insights. It just makes me smarter about the questions I should be asking. Uh, it was a, a few months process. It wasn't just like, you know, I want to pull the trigger next week. I will talk to this person over the phone. Yes or no. Um, and throughout that journey, actually, I learned so much about myself and about these people and the, their input actually helped me tremendously in my next journey with, with Wider AI. Like it's, their words to this day, I still, I still have like, you know, quotes in my head from, from these conversations. Um, it was a great journey. Now I look back at it, but during that time it was definitely stressful. Um, but yeah. Oh, so yeah, it's so difficult. And I, I'm trying to imagine myself in your, in your situation. And I think I would, uh, I would find that extra challenging. I think I'd find it extra challenging if it was my own company too. Because it's it's something it's not like oh what how what do you think about this job that I'm doing it's like you're you're bearing your soul and you're saying what do you think about this thing that I've built myself should I do it or not should I not do it or not and that's just so different so terribly difficult. It was yeah it's your baby right I mean starting a company you know how it feels like at the beginning you just like to attach to it but um, at some point you got you got this this associate between you and and, and the, that person who works there basically and look at it from a bigger kind of. Uh, yeah, picture. How do you make sure that as you go along, 
your expectations aren't kind of spiraling out of control to a point where it's maybe unhealthy. So for example, like it's almost like the hedonic treadmill, like you're constantly having to go up and up and the more money we make, or the more status we get, the the kind of greater our expectations are of the circumstances that surround us. And that desire for learning is really difficult to, there's almost that, there's that natural desire for learning that comes deep from within us. But then there's also this natural kind of dissatisfaction or this FOMO or this kind of like this drive to do something else, which I think like starts to get closer to the hedonic treadmill. How do you differentiate between the two? And have you ever had that experience before? Though I had that experience before I was, I was called crazy a few times and I love it. Um, <laughs> it's all about testing the limits. I really, um, I really believe that us as humans, uh, we just like social species. And the more, like the healthier the environment you build around you, the, the healthier you become. You're basically getting gonna go towards the average, you know, five people, like ten people that you meet, and you guys, you gotta just focus on who you're spending time with. So I definitely, I'm happy with the people that I, I have kind of built around me. I call them friends, I call them family, but they're all of them are, are mentors to me in some way or another. Um, so kind of bouncing ideas out of these people help me manage my expectations. Um, I've got the crazy friends. I've got, I've got the conservative friends. I've got, I've got the ones in between. Um, I got my own brain. Um, so it's kind of like balancing the, the thought and expectations based on the, the environment and the smart people that I, I, that I trust and build around me. Um, I was lucky to, you know, to, to meet great people uh, throughout my college time and like in, like, in, in San Francisco, uh, the city of founders, I guess, and uh, being nomadic and having the freedom to be anywhere and like, you know, seeking those, those kind of friendships helps me a lot in, in kind of managing my expectations and, and kind of validating that the expectations I have. They don't all have to agree with me. They don't all have to disagree with me. I, I don't take them as, as, as voting kind of mechanism where like, oh, the majority says yes, I should go with yes. But they definitely like their insights help me manage my expectations. Are there any models or frameworks that you use when it comes to making a decision to? So, for example, you said um, you might look 20 years in the future and figure out like a regret kind of, will I regret this in 20 years time? Um, and just imagining what that would be like and how that regret would feel, kind of proactively imagining it and visualizing it. Is there anything else that you've done in those moments to help you make decisions? Yeah, um, it's definitely like having the principles and what I want to achieve in life. And that thing changed from time to time. Like I definitely, for example, loved uh, my family growing up and throughout my life. But one of the reasons that I want to move to New York right now is because I want to be closer to them. Um, that was not the case when I moved to San Francisco because I had them around me. Um, so it really changes as you grow, as you change, as you learn. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely have a few like kind of like principles that I always look at. And before I make any big decisions, like moving, like starting something new, how would that decision affect those principles? Um, I basically like weigh, you know, the pros and cons and whether or not that makes sense. Um, that's my main model. The second model, like I think it's just basically like, how much am I going, willing to learn from this? 
in five years' time, am I going to look at myself and be like, hey, I learned a lot. It's not about the money. The money comes and goes. I'm, everyone, I mean, I'm, I'm still young, but if you look at people who are in six years old, they sometimes probably were very rich. Sometimes we were probably very poor. Like it depends really. So money is just like a byproduct of, of learning. And if you just focus and, and make sure that you continue learning the stuff that you should be learning, and that's basically personal, I think that makes me happy and that helps make me, make me you know, better, better decisions. The principles sound really important because if you are following your curiosity, you're naturally making changes and you need that kind of earth and that root in order to, to tie it down. How, what, what are your principles and how did you find them? Yeah, I mean, I can't share really like all of them, but um, I think learnability, like family, like one of the main ones. Um, there's a child inside of me that always wants to play with stuff. Like, hey, like crypto, for example, right now, is it something that I've always been interested in? I should do it, I should do it. But it's like, all right, calm yourself down. Is this something you really should be learning? Like, is this going to affect you like from like your social life, your, your family life? Your, uh, how is this going to affect your like your future in five years? Is this something you want to be an expert at? Is this something you don't want to be an expert at? Um, so yeah, definitely like that, that, that child got to be tamed by some principles. <laughs> And, and and I think everyone has to have some, like I have to have different principles, really. That's a fascinating way of phrasing it. That it, you're everyone needs to be tamed by their by their principles, and I think there's a lot of truth in that. We see uh, that they're not always easy to follow, and um, especially if you have a uh, a, a a passion that passion often does need to be perhaps tamed in one way or another um and I, I, it's a really interesting use of that word yeah and I'm, I'm passionate about music I, I can never like sit somewhere without playing music um like listening to music all that stuff and that's definitely a passion if i if i spend time like just learning how to be a musician and like being in a band i think i would love that but when i ask myself is this something that basically aligns with my principles the huge way the answer is no when I, when I compare it to tech, for example, and the things that I really like doing in tech, because tech also gives me that kind of itch and that kind of passion. But it definitely has, like, I guess for me at least, a uh, way better outcome based on my, based on my, the principles that I have. Um, yeah. Has any of this ever changed? Have you, can you, is there, has there been a time in your life where uh, you've noticed a, a significant change in the way that you either f kind of follow your principles or, or follow your curiosity yeah for sure i did um like mid-20s early 20s um like it was just definitely like busy with life and like also running a company like it's definitely like doesn't give you enough time to like ground yourself and look at your at, at your at your principles and be like i should not be doing this i should be doing that so there has been some times where I definitely didn't like pause and take a second and, and, and look at what I'm doing uh, because I was too busy. But that also taught me in the future when I pause, I was like, hey, you need to pause from time to time and look at this. And that was one of the lessons I guess I, I learned um, yeah, by not following my principles. How do you, we're all motivated by extrinsic and uh, 
and it, in, intrinsic motivations in some way. Um, kind of external motivations being uh, kind of like status or uh, the amount of money we make or need to make in order to put food on the table. Or uh, you may have intrinsic motivations like you want to follow your curiosity or you have a particular passion or an inclination towards something. How have you balanced the two? Yeah, I can't say I'm, I'm the best at balancing it. Um, I'm a victim of really like always trying to focus more on my curiosity and like what what makes me what makes my brain and mind free and let it wander. I think that's yeah, I think that's something that I always kind of prioritize. Um, but obviously, having being a software engineer, like you have to look at progress. And if I'm not making progress, it's 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 a red flag for me. So. It's been a battle between my heart and my brain, I guess, uh, where it's like, hey, you should be doing this. You should not be doing this. Um, but yeah, maybe I, I kind of sound like a broken record, but I think it's just a matter of like trying to like pause and, 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 and balance, balance your, your career and progress based on the, the goals that you be defined. And those goals like we like sometimes change, but they rarely change. Uh, I guess it, it depends on the big events that's like going on in life. So if it sounds like curiosity is your intrinsic motivation, then what's your external motivation? And do you think you're pulled by that in any way? Um, give me an example, maybe for an external motivation. So it could be that you want to be successful and uh, you've grown up in an environment where there wasn't a whole load of uh, wiggle room, like people weren't well off, and actually being successful is a, is a and a being and you could, that could be in the kind of seniority of your job or the amount of money that you make is a great uh, something you aspire to be because you didn't come from that background. Um, it could be uh, it could be that you want to start a company because the idea of starting a company is the thing that you wanted. You almost like sat there and were like, okay, I want to figure out some ideas to start a company versus kind of, you know, like you said, following your curiosity. It's almost like we all have these two different parts to us because naturally we live in a, in a kind of social system and that social system tends to be the side that pulls the extrinsic motivations out of us because we want to kind of fit in the hierarchy of our, of our peers. Um, and, I think it's clear to me that curiosity is the thing that intrinsically motivates you. And I wonder what the the extrinsic part to it is. That's an amazing question. Um, yeah, I think at the beginning of my career, it was mainly like, hey, I want to have and build a successful company. Uh, and the vision of successful company like really varies from one person to another. Um, my last journey, my company was acquired. Um, so like it's been acquired for a year and a half now almost. And to me, that was like kind of exciting. Like, it's like, hey, it's one of those goals where it's like, this is a definition of a successful company. But also a shock to me that was like, okay, that was kind of like one of the external motivations that I had. And now what's my next move? Like, I got to spend time thinking about what do I not do next? Because like I mentioned, I think having internal and external motivations, like they kind of like dance together. And then I... I like looking at both from a bigger picture and a smaller picture, like they 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 will result in what becomes you. So I think that was like interesting to me. And it's like, hey, 
do I do it again? Do I do something else today? Actually, what's, what's my move? Um, so I guess having, I guess you could call it status or maybe like um, that as my identity um, is an external factor that I always like, hungry for. I'm lucky to not have any pressure from family. Uh, like both my mom and dad are very supportive. My, my siblings um, very supportive. So I don't have that, but uh, I think it's definitely like internal of what I want to achieve in life and what goals I want to achieve. So I guess I just like kind of change that goal. Uh, now I'm going to pursue it again uh, at some point. So in the future, but it's just like a bigger scale on how it's, it's going to be. And how would you, there are so many people who wish that they had the type of curiosity that you do. I reflect on my own life and I remember a time where I wasn't nearly as curious as I am now. And I'm certainly still not quite as curious as you are. And I see it as such a, an amazing skill set to, to notice all of the things around you that are are so evident and so clear that you can you can be curious about them and wonder and and I'm sure there are people who would love to know like how they could better cultivate curiosity how they could generate more of it in their own life and and use it for good how how do you go about cultivating your curiosity what investments do you make in order to double down on it I really think it's just basically like focusing more and more on your environment, um, having more curious people around you, like reading, having people like, for example, who read books or like curious about even the stuff that you're not maybe interested in, but like having, they have that skill. Um, let's say you don't like music, but you have a friend who's a drummer that really is very nerdy about drumming. Uh, it's just like kind of like if you focus that and like kind of, like you would just ask questions about that and like have that person around you that like gives me that motivation of, of, of basically having that skill being cultivated. So I, I believe that environment, uh, which is people, like the things you do, your habits, um, really, really play a big role in, in cultivating that, that skill. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I guess it's just mainly the environment. And you're right, habits play such a big part in our just our general life um, because we're able to then with our habits do all of the other things cognitively that we, we we couldn't do if we didn't have a routine to some of our more normal behaviours. But kind of taking things like curiosity and making them habits can be just so unbelievably powerful. Um, have you used habits in a particular way to help your working journey? I have, um, so that's a great example, actually. Um, so last year when I moved to, to Austin, um, growing up, I only played soccer, uh, well, football, but Americans call it soccer. So I call it soccer now. Um, so it's a, not, not allowed, but yeah. <laughs> so it's a, I've always played soccer. Like I moved to San Francisco. I, I, I lost that. The reason that I lost it is because like not a lot of people play it. The weather doesn't help. It's very hard to get like 12 minimum adults like in one place at one time to play soccer in a city like San Francisco. Um, so I lost that kind of habit and that affected my health in, in some ways. It's like, all right, I'm not as active as I used to be. Uh, gym is really not my thing because I really like progress. I really want to see growth 
and, and the thing that I'm doing. Gym gives, doesn't give me that. Uh, maybe if I focus on how my muscles are growing, that would definitely like help, but was not doing it for me. Running was another thing. There's like also like kind of like a, I don't see progress. Like I'm running all the time. So I moved to Austin and Austin is the, the capital of martial arts. Uh, I've never done any, any form of martial arts, but uh, my friends that I, the friends that I made there and the friends that I moved from San Francisco are all obsessed with martial arts. And they have that curiosity about martial arts. Like my Instagram feed changed because I just moved to Austin. There's like ads of like martial arts and like jujitsu stuff, which was very funny for me. So after like six, eight months, just being around these people, I was like, all right, maybe I should develop this habit of like, you know, picking up a new, a new hobby that really like helps me grow. Like, and like also like helps my mentality and my, my physical health. Um, so I started like, you know, uh, slowly like learning how to box. So I just like asked my friends, like, hey, do you, you go boxing in the, in the park? Like, would you mind just inviting me when you go? He's, yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, he's like, yeah, I should come. Like, like we do it this day and this day. So I slowly started going, like definitely like that. Didn't go like the first few times. I went, I was just like, all right, this is good. This is good. So I just like blocked my calendar twice a week just to go boxing um, for like an hour. And with time within like, like four or five months, just became something very engraved in me. If I don't, as I'm traveling, I'm, I'm nomadic. If I don't go boxing, like at least twice a week, my brain just like doesn't feel right. It's just like, you should go, you should do it, you should go. And I think that's like one of the habits that I built like last year that I'm very happy about. And I owe it to like my friends who just like, basically very motivated to do it by just basically practicing it every day. It's crazy how yeah. linked it all is. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the environment. <laughs> mm. uh, and and there's 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 just no escape. Um, our our minds tell so much to our body, and our body tells so much to our minds. And, uh, and you could almost take that physical embodiment and question other parts to our working life. You, remote working, being a nomad, in it must be such a challenge for you to uh recognize the pros and cons of being nomadic and enabling it to do your best work has it been a conscious choice yes it has um but like you mentioned it is difficult like uh, especially with like building a routine because you're always in the move um so like after a while you start learning you know more and more stuff because you're doing it you're doing this nomadic life you learn more and more stuff In the beginning it's not easy but after a while like all right I need to find a place that has this, this, and this. I need to like find a spot that has this and that. So the first few months were not easy, but after a while, you definitely like, because you did it for some time, you built that habit, you, you become just better at it. And uh, I got to say like the past six months have been I'm nothing but amazing because I know what to look for. I know what I need. And once I do it, once I move to that spot, it's just like a matter of a couple of days and I'm up and running. Um, so it was a challenge. That definitely like you learn a lot from it and you learn a lot about yourself as well what are your expectations for the for your working future five ten years out and i think this is a particularly interesting question in your circumstance because the nature of your curiosity means that your advantage is the is being in the moment and experiencing that curiosity and following it um 
what are your expectations for your working future? Do you know what they are? Yeah. Yes, I know. So I think personally, I really like maintain this um, lifestyle, like having a, a place that I call home, but having the freedom of being anywhere, anytime. That keeps me motivated, honestly, and like feeds my curiosity. So I don't have to like kind of go crazy with other things. Um, definitely, like that's something personally I think is great for me, but I see how it's not for everyone. Uh, some people are like just work better at being in a very consistent environment, having the same kind of routine, having the same office space, um, and that motivates them. And that's 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 them, and it's amazing. Um, so I really think the future of this work is going to be more diverse uh, for everyone than what it was like five years ago, um, which honestly makes me happy because I feel like this, this cubicle, like office style, is gotta die. It's it's or at least like gotta go down a little bit because it's not for everyone. And to get the most out of everyone, you better make sure that they have the right environment that they work in. Thanks so much for breaking down your journey up until this point. I feel like the amount of passion and your ability to understand your your own inclinations and curiosity is something that uh, is really special and I've really enjoyed listening to it. Thank you, Ben. It's so good to meet you, Milan, and thanks for your time, really. No worries. Catch you later. The Best Work Podcast is produced by the team at Cord. I'd love your advice on how we can make sure the Best Work Podcast is having a profound impact on the way we all pursue our best work. Email me at benatcord.co. You can also find a transcript of this conversation insightful video content and more at core.co slash insights. Thanks for listening.